0: We all have pressure in our lives and
1: pressure makes diamonds and yet in the heat of a moment that pressure can lead to various ways that we handle a situation either
0: aggressively or bringing out some degree of kindness and that's what Diamond Kind is about.
2: Welcome everyone to another episode of the Diamond Kind podcast. I'm your host Brett and today we have a truly inspiring guest with us. Joining us is Will Crawford. Will is a lawyer, youth worker, filmmaker and comedian who has just returned to Melbourne after living in Darwin for 15 years. He's an experienced stand-up and sketch comedian and has previously written for Channel 31 sketch comedy show, The Intermissionary Position. Will has a comedy show that um, touches on his recent diagnosis with MS and how he has used comedy to process this and also educate people about MS and kindness. He has a unique and powerful story to share. Welcome, Will. Hey, Brad. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, yeah, no, no, it's so good. And I was just talking to you before about, you know, the, the recent, uh, some of the, the YouTube clips that you sent through and, you know, which were really, really uh, inspiring. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to, you know, the conversation today.
1: Oh, very kind, very
2: kind. Okay, let's do this. So, Will, um, let's just start at the beginning of your journey. Can you share with us uh, your initial reaction and emotions when you were diagnosed with MS in late 2021?
1: Yeah, it was a little bit dramatic in that I think it was September 2021. Mm. And within the space of four days I got my first symptoms, like I started off... I think I stumbled a couple of the times when I was getting up, going mm. to the bathroom. I played golf in the mornings and yeah. then um, at the tail end of golf, I had a massive sleep and I don't normally do that. Mm. So that was on the Saturday and Sunday. And then the Monday I had a couple of symptoms and started to get some pins and needles and numbness on the face. Mm. And I, like any typical Aussie male, I said, it oh, should be right. And then the next day I went to work, which was the – um tuesday and i'd mentioned it to a mate she said i should probably get to a doctor and then mm. i said oh i'll get to eventually and then once i got to work um my eyesight went so i could only see about five or ten meters my eyesight all went blurry and then i turned to my mate at work and i said oh that's normal isn't it? he said no <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's not normal at all so he raced me off to the hospital They did a whole lot of tests because they thought it might have been a stroke initially Mm. because the pins and needles was one side of my face, but thankfully it wasn't. It wasn't a stroke and it wasn't a tumor or anything crazy. And then the doctors did a whole lot more tests and they said it was probably MS and we got to run some more tests, which they did, and they also gave me – um, steroids, which I'd never ever had before. And I've also never used cocaine, but apparently it's very really similar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was, I was out of control. I thought I was the world's. Um, Greatest! I had my laptop with me, and I sent four hundred emails that day, and I had no idea what was in one of them.
0: But the
1: good thing at the tail end of that, so once the diagnosis came in, yeah, I felt um, it was a challenge. I was super isolated because I was living in Darwin, but all my family and friends were in Melbourne, Mm. and also because it was at the tail end of COVID, people couldn't visit. Like we were in a COVID bubble; we had our borders locked. Yeah. Um. So that was uh, a challenge and difficulty and then I think the first four days were super hard and like a lot of people you get into the the woe is me why all that kind of grieving stuff when you get and you know because the difficulty is with a an MS diagnosis, you know, it can be really bad, and it's early days, so there's uncertainty. But then, what helped me was I just reflected on the worst case scenario, which is a strange way of going mm-hmm. about it. I said, "Well, worst case scenario is I lose my b- mobility, rah rah rah." All these things happen, but the upside is I would move back to Victoria and be with my family, which I'd been away for so long that that was a really um, driving force, and it made me realise that that's the most important thing in in your life for mm, me. Yeah. To be um, family, yeah, yeah, and also yeah. though the human connections and friends is is everything, mm-hmm. and so that helped me actually. So and that was about the day four mark. There's lots of other things that help me process and understand things as well, but I think also just also being and i'm a big fan of sharing and being honest about things and i was honest with my work and they were really good and was yeah. supportive same with my family and everything and i feel that when you're honest it kind of takes a load off you're not hiding anything so there some of the challenges but then and i'll talk about it in a little bit i was so lucky to get amazing support from medical people allied health so that i've feel that my condition now is really good and manageable but back then it, it wasn't and i've come a long way so i feel Grateful now, and it was a challenge, but also just so thankful to have mm. got the support I did.
2: Yeah. So before we get onto the the healthcare professionals, just like just going back a little bit, um, you mentioned uh, experiencing uh, some challenging symptoms like the blurred vision and dizziness and numbness and pins and needles on on one side of your face. Uh, are you able to describe, Will, you know what it was like to live with these symptoms before starting the treatment?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. And I was in a slightly weird situation where I couldn't start my treatment for three months because of COVID. My doctor said that the medication would counteract the COVID vaccine. Mm. So we had to let the COVID vaccine continue to take hold. And so I couldn't start my meds for three Mm. months. Mm. And he also said, I'm not even sure the meds will work. I hope they do. They don't work for everyone. So I was in this for three-month period Mm. where I I couldn't drive. And I'd been a really active guy. I was a... Um, running a big youth um, work program and charities, and play golf, and was a comedian, all these things. So yeah. I kind of slowed down a lot of that, and yeah, I was really struggling with my walking as well. Like I was yeah. getting a bit of dragging of my left knee, and mm-hmm. and going for walking and getting exhausted and dizzy and that kind of thing. So it was full on, yeah. but. Um, yeah, so the eyesight, dizziness, and fatigue um, was probably the biggest symptoms, and and the the leg dragging stuff, and also I I overheat if I exercise for more than say five or ten minutes, mm-hmm. um, so that was also a challenge. So the yeah i had some pretty big symptoms yeah and also i a, wasn't allowed to start meds yet and b i didn't even know if the meds would work they did so i'm absolutely
0: mm-hmm.
1: delighted so yeah it was good so but the nice thing was work let me work from home i got a meal service yeah. where i was on the phone to my um mum every day just sort of you know touching base and and had a whole lot of friends dropping in food and saying hi because I couldn't really get out of the house very easily. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Big challenge. But at the same time, that's the beautiful thing of these things is that the silver lining is is that, you know, some lovely people touch base and, and also you you focus on the positive because I could still do a fair bit. Yeah,
0: yeah. Could still
1: yeah. communicate, could still work. So I was still getting my income. And my work was being good to me, so it's all, oh, yeah. It was challenging, but it, yeah, it could have been worse. Yeah, so which yeah. is
2: good. And and you sound very optimistic. You know, for, uh, the that again that that waiting period of three months, and you sort of mentioned how it affected you physically. Um, what about mentally? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was a challenge because A, you were waiting, and B, you didn't even know if the meds would work, and so you kind of go, "Oh, am I going to be stuck like this forever?" Mm, which mm. would, which would suck. Um, but the other thing is i'm a fatalist and and you kind of go you can only do the best you can do in any situation Mm, mm. and i had a whole lot of really capable people around me saying this is how we got to do it and um and you know we're pretty confident that the drugs are really good these days plus i had you know you know i had food on my table i had a job and i had people touching base and caring um for me And so it's like, yeah, it was hard. But at the same time, I think the weird thing for me was that that day four mark where I kind of accepted the Mm. worst case scenario helped me through that because it was like, yeah, it might be that, but I've already accepted that if it Mm. is really bad, we'll find a way. Mm. So I'd kind of embrace the challenges back then. And Mm. so this was all just the path um, going forward. And in actual fact, it wasn't all bad. So I tend to try and go, well, what can I do yeah. and what can I control? control and what are the good yeah. things I can do? And you can do mini exercises, which I had a physio helping me with bits mm-hmm. and bobs. You can mm-hmm. touch base with family. And as I said, I was able to work. So there were some really positives that I took from that going, well, there's, you know, people, if it had been a, a tumour or a stroke, it would have been worse,
0: yeah. you know. Yeah. That
1: could have, you know. So, yeah, for me it was just take whatever I could and mm. you make do with what you've got at that particular
2: point. Yeah, that's really good. Thanks for sharing that. So it was really that that acceptance, as you said, after after day four. Yeah. That really sort of helped you on that.
1: Yeah. yeah, that was my biggest moment where mm. I going? well, whatever happens, I've got beautiful people around me, but also I can deal with it, you know, because mm, mm, mm. in the sense that, you know, I've been so lucky in my life and I've done amazing things and had yeah. amazing people, worked in amazing areas, whatever happens, I'll deal with because I've, yeah. I've had a very good luck already and whatever happens is a bonus because mm. um yeah that's kind of how i dealt with it in my brain is mm. it's like yep it might be a challenge but also i've been pretty lucky along the way so we'll work through it
2: yeah no, that's an amazing way to look at it you mentioned a few times will as well that you know the support you know that's mm. that, that's been crucial to you as well could you tell us more about the role of the healthcare professionals and organizations which played yeah her, uh, yeah a role there were some the really important
1: for ones for me, partly because MS I didn't really know much about, mm. and you know I'd known about it as a kid when I did the MS Readathon, yeah. and um, you know you hear about you know back in the day where you know there were no cures, there were no drugs, and also people. Um, you know, potentially had really bad quality lives, mm. but then my neurologist, who was super busy, and he said, "Well, I can't explain all of it to you, but please ring this mob called um, it was the MS Society of SA and NT because I was mm. living in Darwin." He said they'll be able to explain it to you, but he he said I've got some really good drugs that often work, mm-hmm. and that for a lot of people. MS is not necessarily, it's not a death sentence at all, but it's also even the quality of life is not bad. So just talk to this person Mm. because, you know, he was in the middle of rounds and super busy. And then I did. And she said, yeah, yeah, the doctor's right. He said that the drugs are improving all the time. Mm. There are some people who live, you know, 30 years and even don't have a lot of symptoms. But yeah. there are some people who have terrible symptoms who get worse every day. So there's a huge spectrum. But the good thing is with the advancement of drugs um, and diet, which is a really good thing, people are, are, help, are managing their MS much better. And it just depends where you sit on that. But not only that, there's also things which I didn't even know about the NDIS, which is a national disability insurance mm-hmm. scheme, which provides additional supports plus there's, you know, the medical um, system. And then the weird thing which worked really well for me because I was in Darwin mm. is that during COVID, the hospitals in Melbourne, Sydney and the East and Brisbane were under the pump because they had so many COVID patients. Yeah. We didn't have any COVID cases in the NT. Right. So what that meant was arguably I'm in the NT getting in a hospital that's functioning normally and Mm -hmm. has beds and has a neurologist and has, and they even had a rehabilitation team with physios Mm -hmm. and OTs Mm -hmm. around me, giving me time and talking me through it. So in a weird way, even though I was not able to see my family in Victoria, I was better off being in darwin because i had this amazing team and that's i think the i think hats off to the medical profession and people often criticize the system for Mm. not functioning but actually it was good i got straight into er i got seen by a neurologist very soon they discounted everything it wasn't and then he referred me to support services plus rdh or royal darwin hospital had its own rehabilitation doctor and she basically linked me in with everyone to make sure i was getting support
0: mm.
1: and so yeah so it was about 12 or 18 months that i was in darwin with it and then i came back to melbourne at, at christmas mm-hmm. but right up until the yeah i think it was about 18 months while i was up in darwin i felt really well supported oh, yeah. Yeah. and, and, and the other big thing, which is partly why I'm doing the show is people explain to me what it's about. Yeah, And, and that was why the MS nurse, and that was the person I spoke to very early on. She said, this is the steps that are going to happen. Now we're going to do this, this, and this, your doctor's going to do this. You need to look after yourself by doing this, this, and this, and the big ones were um, probably don't go out dancing and fatigue yourself and stay out yeah. in the middle of the night because I used to
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> be out because I was a comedian. I was out every yeah, night. And she said, course. you just got to yeah. slow down. You got to eat healthy. You got to mm-hmm. get regular rest yeah. um, and all of, all of this. And we'll link you into these services. And the good thing is, um, with the NDIS, they were able to give me, you know, supports in lots of different areas, including physio and OT. Mm, mm. And yeah, and I felt that by having those prof- professionals by my side, yep. walking me through it made what was sometimes, you know, there's a lot of um, hoops you got to jump through. But I had people next to me doing yeah, with me. And likely, that was yeah. pretty cool.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, So yeah, I was really, and yeah, the MS society of SA and NT the Victorian equivalent is MS plus did mm-hmm. a great job. And then since then, um, the other thing which I didn't say is once I started my drugs after three months, um, my, within two weeks, all of, virtually all of my symptoms went.
0: Right. So it was
1: like, it was like a man, I woke up one day and mm. could see clearly. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. Right. So that was a beautiful thing. And mm. um the other thing in terms of the mental health, which um, you mentioned, was um getting the support of those around you. And I was just lucky.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I'm I was a comedian and I do a lot of comedy shows with other comedians and they organized a comedy roast. Do you uh, across what a comedy roast is?
2: And do do you want to just quickly explain that yeah
1: so what it is it's a comedy show where um a whole lot of comedians get together and they poke fun at at a selected person and Mm -hmm. and it was and in in this case it was me so the great irony is that you know i was and this was prior to my symptoms improving me starting the meds i was taking six months off comedy and they all got together and we organized a comedy race. So about thirty comedians all got together and and we've had about ten or fifteen of them jump up and everyone did a couple of minutes and they all, you know, poked fun at me and and um you know, pointed out my great character flaws mm-hmm. and everything. But Because it was done in a loving way, the irony is I felt more loved and appreciated than any time in my life because these people cared about me and also knew about my passion for comedy and and had come together to be mean to me in a nice way. (laughs) But it's it's a comedian thing. But um but they're the kinds of thing and people do it differently, but looking after others and this is the other thing too that more recently I've got a lot of help in in and I didn't only start at it probably about six months ago is attending peer support groups online okay. and they were fantastic mm-hmm, like i'd mm-hmm. i'd kind of you know sometimes you just think you're on top of things yeah you go i'm fine i don't need that i have you know i'm doing this i'm doing well and it's like yeah and you, yeah, gave you gave might be go. doing well yeah. but at the same time sharing with others mm. you learn from others but also Absolutely. you can you can also sh- share your things with them as well but Even it's, yeah, it's kind of inspiring because, you know, I'm relatively lucky in that my symptoms are going well at the moment. Mm -hmm. But for lots of people, it's up and down. A lot of people are doing well, but also people are are doing well for a long time. And you've got people in, in my groups who are, parents and professionals have been managing it for 20 years and doing really well but still sharing that they've still got to be careful I
0: can't yeah, do yeah, this
1: yeah. and yeah, I, you yeah. know I've got to think about my kids so I try and avoid this yeah. and this or this is how I've I've worked with my work to try and um, explain my condition and, and try and get flexible work arrangements mm-hmm. it's obviously a lot easier as a as a lawyer, I'm not a bricklayer, so yeah, I'm not I'm not a physical laborer. I can do a lot of things o- online, which which makes it a bit easier. But yeah, I've I've really gained a lot. Um, and the MS Plus organizes, Um, I think it's they're called like working with MS. So like mm-hmm. their peer support for people with MS, and they have guest speakers every week. Right, right. And then you and you might, you know, learn about it from a dietitian or a mm-hmm. physio or a nurse or um, you know, and then you and then everyone will, you know, share stories but also reflect on what the person and it's been really good. Yeah. And it certainly helped me understand things and feel a little bit more in control of my own journey. Which is lovely. And also you make lovely connections with nice people. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, no, that's great. Though. Thanks for sharing that. And that's a, that's a good tip for anyone listening as well mm. um, that's in a similar situation. And now you spoke about comedy. Um, are you able to tell us about the comedy show, Rock Steady Baby?
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. So... Um, I think I sat down to write the show probably about six or 12 months ago because I'm about two years into my diagnosis. And I originally, because mm. you know, I've you know, would be doing comedy, you know, at least once a week and talking about lots of things. And I'm ver- I tend to be trying to be quite silly about my comedy. Mm. And then I thought, well, how can I make um, my journey? Both educative but also entertaining, I, mm-hmm. and I mean that in a in a legitimate way to try and um, destigmatize, you know disability.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And there was a really good um, program by a guy by the name of Andrew Denton about twenty years ago. Yeah. He was a very famous comedian and he did a lot of work with cancer kids and would go on cancer with a canteen organization mm-hmm. and, and sit down with kids and write comedy jokes with mm. kids with cancer. Okay, And it sounds like a weird thing to do, but what it did was it was a beautiful program and, and project, but what it did was it was about writing those jokes together and, and seeing what they wanted to laugh about and where they found joy or even just wanted to let off steam. Now yeah, yeah. my show's not not so much about letting off steam because I'm it's largely about gratitude and thanks and, and stuff. But I mm-hmm. what I was very interested as a comedian is how to find laughs in dark places. Yeah. And interestingly, wait, going back um a long time. Shakespeare did that a lot with his comedies. So they would often be half tragedy, half comedy. And it was very common for him to introduce funny characters and to be crazy and absurd. Mm. And then the next scene might be serious and, and he'd jump back to the comedy and 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 do that semi-regularly. Right. Now it's a really interesting way because what it does is sometimes it in it allows people to vulnerable, mm. vulnerably think about mm. something, but then also de-stress and let go yeah. from and from those difficult feelings by get back into the comedy yeah and that's what i've i've attempted to do i'm not saying no I'm and you've done a, you've done a really good anything. job yeah. I, you know after i watched your
2: youtube uh the youtube clip and that's, yeah that, and I, I can see that will so like i i felt yeah. that and i sort of connected with that when i watched that clip it's just the the mix as you said of the yeah of being serious and um and you know putting some, you know, light humor into it as well.
1: Exactly. And, and part of, and this also helps being a comedian because that's one of my passions. I'm good at writing jokes, but also I like to poke fun at myself.
0: Mm. Mm -hmm.
1: And if you can poke fun at yourself, but also your misunderstandings of the world or even, even the difficulties of the health system and you can poke fun at that and, and how difficult it is to navigate or not. There's, there's jokes to be found everywhere. And I, that was my thing. I wanted to find some joy and comedy in that, but also share the real story as well. So it's yeah, yeah, yeah. both a real story, but also linked in with jokes Yeah, and that's why I wrote it. Well, yeah. I also was interested, I thought that's going to be hard to do. So I wanted to write it. Um, but also I think it has the benefit of saying. Um, this is my story and and this is how I've walked this path
0: mm-hmm. and poking
1: fun at myself and laughing is part of me accepting. And yeah. that's my journey and I have hope that others can see that um, and yeah, and maybe um, it helped with their journey or even if if they're not got these um, conditions that it might help, um, people understand, you know, autoimmune issues and, and chronic diseases that yep. aren't always visible because mm-hmm. that's one of the challenges with MS is some days you're good and some days you're fatigued yeah, and yeah. overheating and mm-hmm. I have to wear ice vests under my shirt some days mm-hmm. if I'm struggling and I have to go outside and
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it just is. Yeah. And, and, you know, I even had a work trip coming up on – on Thursday and they were going to do a late night drive. And I said, Oh, you know, with my fatigue, I'm probably not the, the safest human to be driving a car in the evening. Cause I might be fatigued
0: Yeah, yeah and I yeah.
1: go, of course. Yeah. So you can, I'm happy to do a little bit of driving during the day, but probably when I'm already fatigued, so you can make a joke about it and then people go, oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I, um, but yeah, so for me, comedy is part of. Uh, enabling others to understand um, the conditions and yeah. So hopefully people uh, can take a little bit of that from mm, the show mm, mm-hmm. and also have a lot of laughs, which is as a comedian, I love making people laugh. And so the the way I structure the show is I do the first half is my normal crazy comedy where I try and get lots of laughs every yeah. 30, 60 seconds yeah. and I do crazy jokes about everything and then gradually I transitioned yeah. into my story but mm-hmm. then I still try and keep the jokes coming every 60 seconds and then that um, hopefully, people are ready and learn something and have fun at the same time.
2: Mm-hmm. No, that's great to hear. And I think you talk about kindness as well, and, uh, you know, and I think you'd agree that you know kindness truly does have the power to to transform lives. And uh, you know, you, you do talk about it as well. But I'd like to get probably to the heart of uh, of today's episode in the on the Diamond Kind podcast, and just ask you about a time where you could, if you could recall a specific time when you were under immense pressure and you managed to come through with, with kindness.
1: Well, I wouldn't say it was my kindness, but it was the kindness of someone else. So with my condition, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I had, I I needed a physio, but also I would overheat. So I can't really do a lot of cardio. So that's one of the ongoing um, thing. So I've, I've got a, and this was in Darwin, I was having a physio who was giving me lots of like five to six minute increment exercises and you've got to take a break and she would, she was wonderful. And then she said to me, well, what activity do you really love doing? Like what are the things so that we can design things that you're going to like doing as well? So mm-hmm. it's not just a boring exercise. And she yeah. said, and I said, well, as a kid, I really, really loved break dancing. So as a, you know, I was like, you know, watching, you know, um, rage and whatever and yep. doing all these dumb dance moves in my house <laughs> and you know, the usual 10 yeah. year old thing and she's like, okay, so what she did, and this is where the kindness comes out, mm. she sat down and did a whole lot of YouTube tutorials herself, learning how to break do break dance. dancing mm. and crumping. And then yeah. she would design dance offs between me and her in our sessions mm. and challenge me to learn a move that we would do together. But cause often they're quite demanding. So five minutes of doing a break dance, you'll be pretty exhausted. So, but she would learn that, and and within you know a couple of weeks, she was already better than me, which anno- annoyed me knowing. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, and and she um she turned around to me, which it was also I think quite funny. She said, "Will, um, you know, it's not such a bad thing that you've got this MS and you can only do exercise to five to seven minutes because it means mm. you're." sex life will be entirely unaffected because i hear you only go for two minutes (laughs) boom and so she was doing a comedy roast on top of that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and i go ah that was kind in like in a weird way yeah yeah but you're kind of going she was so kind that she made the effort to learn these dances and to Mm, design mm -hmm. something that she knew that would interest me yeah
0: yeah, but then
1: she also was able to make a joke about it and i actually think the last thing, which is such a weird thing to talk about, mm. and obviously, as a comedian, I do roasts and mm-hmm, and poking mm-hmm. fun at myself is what I do. yeah, but also when someone when you realize that no one is perfect and mm-hmm. that everyone goes through something, yeah, having a joke about it, you kind of go, well, absolutely, there is yeah. there are, the jokes help you realize that it's. Life is there and it's real. You're acknowledging, but it's also like you're just accepting that yeah, it's happening, and let's joke about it because if you, for me, comedy is part of healing, and and that's what Mm, I mm, mm. really think think um has helped me. But also, I really appreciate with others is that kindness. And kindness to others makes the world better. And uh, and and yeah, my physio is very kind that way.
2: Absolutely, and just to be able to have a laugh, isn't it? Well,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's yeah. yeah, I mean, it helps when that's what I I love doing. But also, if you can share that and going, I'm just being an idiot and being silly like I always am, and I happen to also have a you know a health condition at the moment. But at the same time, it hasn't stopped me working. It hasn't stopped me doing comedy and yeah, I have to manage a few things to make sure that, you know, I don't make my symptoms worse, but at the same time, it's pretty good. And, and I'll and continue um, doing it. But even there's a famous comedian, I think his name's Tim Ferguson, who used to be in the Doug Anthony All Stars and he's mm-hmm. got advanced stage MS and he does lots of comedy about his health and conditions. Yeah. And, and I actually think that kind of honesty and, um, yeah, making jokes about things helps us um, with healing and acceptance. And mm. so that's what I've done. And lots of other people will do it slightly better than me, but it's what I do.
2: No, that's an awesome example. And um, finally, Will, would you be able to tell us, um, give us some details about, you know, where people can catch your comedy show?
1: Absolutely, thank you. So the show is part of the Melbourne Fringe Festival. Mm-hmm. So just go to Melbourne Fringe, and I think it's forward slash events forward slash Rock Steady Baby. Mm-hmm. But or we'll just Google Rock Steady Baby Will Crawford Melbourne Fringe. You'll find it. Yeah, it's on for two weekends. So it's this coming Saturday and Sunday. So that's the fourteenth and fifteenth of October. It's an early show. So I'm doing a 6pm Saturday, 5pm Sunday. And then on the second week, it's Thursday to Sunday. So the, 19th of october to the 22nd of october and thursday to saturday at 6pm and sunday is 5pm it's at 37 swanson street it's called the theater of improvisational conspiracy um, so it's basically opposite the old city square on swanson street just between flinders lane and collins streets an old building number 37 and but you need probably grab tickets online and if it's not sold out you could probably get tickets on the door but yeah um jump online love to see you there and in adelaide i had a lot of people with ms and from the ms society come along which was lovely yeah but also a lot of people who didn't who got to learn about things and have mm. a laugh and mm-hmm. see me being very stupid yeah. which is <laughs> what i love doing
2: no we'll, to, we'll share it on our socials and all that for you as well well, um, are there any like uh, like what do you hope that the audience will get out of it?
1: For me, I think it's it's well kindness. I think yeah. knowing that kindness drives everything. Mm, it, it, mm. It's kindness to yourself as someone who's. Yep having to adapt your life. It's the kindness that others have afforded me, which I've been so grateful for, but also remembering because I've received that kindness, it's nice to share that kindness. And mm-hmm. if I can leave you just with one example, in the Adelaide yeah, show, we had a 19-year-old girl who had only been diagnosed like a couple of weeks earlier, mm. and she didn't know... Um, really anyone with MS and Mm. she came to the show with her parents and her brother and, you know, they were, you know, all a little bit nervous about it, but by coming to the show, A, they came up to me afterwards and, and it was really lovely. We had a chat. There was a couple of other people with MS there as well. And we were able to talk about some of like more specific stuff about what helps are available. Also, happy to try and avoid eating too much sugar, which mm. tends to make, make MS worse. And, and she'd given me a box of chocolates, which was right. so sweet. <laughs> but, um, but the whole thing of we care for one another. Mm-hmm. I had so much support yeah. in my time. And yeah. if you can just give a little bit of that, but also there were other people there as well to give better advice than I. Mm-hmm. Um, if we can help each other, then, then – people can adapt and cope with anything so Mm -hmm. i think yeah honesty acceptance and kindness and if we start there it's not a bad bad start
2: no that's a great message and
1: having watched a couple as i said
2: before watching a couple of your youtube clips and now talking to you now will um it sounds like it'll be an incredible show so i'll thank you now uh, for uh, sharing your journey and the inspiring story uh, with us today
1: Thanks for having me on. And yeah, feel free to come down to the show. I'd love to see you all there.
2: Awesome. Thanks, Will. And Thanks, to our mate. listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Diamond Kind. We'll be back with more inspiring stories soon. Until then, take care and stay kind.